Hi, and welcome to The Movie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? I'm Rosha. And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls. And this week on the podcast, we are covering The Hobbit, an unexpected journey because that's part one, I guess, (laughs) movie one, since there's only one book, but three movies. But we'll get into all of that. Uh, What are you calling this episode? I'm calling this one, What's in its pocketses? (laughs) Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, So the book was originally published September 21st, 1937, and it's written by J.R.R. Tolkien, obviously. Is is that before Lord of the Rings? Yes. He wrote this before Lord of the Rings. Yes. The book came, so The Hobbit came before Lord of the Rings. Gotcha, but the movies went opposite. Correct, yeah, which we talked about briefly in one of our other uh, Lord of the Rings episodes before this. So the book got a 4.3 out of 5 on Goodreads, and the first edition of the book was 310 pages. And the movie came out, which I was actually surprised it didn't come out until 2012. Yeah. So we're almost 10 years out from the last Lord of the Rings movie. That actually, I mean, I'm assuming they saw the success that the Lord of the Rings yeah. franchise had. And they were like, well, we could always, you know, benefit by doing yeah, this. Because there's really like, not much more you could have done with the Lord of the Rings, except for the series that they're apparently now doing. Yeah, true. It just seemed like you, you think they would have caught on a little sooner to start True. this or i kind of like so. it we'll talk about it because like some of the visual effects and oh, things yeah have definitely changed for sure <laughs> um it is pg-13 and it's an action fantasy and praise jesus it was only two hours and 49 minutes long and i actually looked at the at the next um uh-huh. couple of ones and they're about the same yeah. um but if you are reading the book and fall and watching the movies um i don't did you read the entire book i did not so, i googled it <laughs> yeah so i read until pay so you said it's like 300 some pages mm-hmm. i read through like page 120 or 121 yeah i think i finished mm-hmm. chapter six and stopped there yes i think that's what i yeah. did too which is like almost half the book right so so i have two more movies yeah i've actually um divvied up the sections yeah. of what you need to read for each movie and the last section mm-hmm. of the book for movie three yeah. is very little yeah so either a lot happens in that last yeah. section or we're just gonna have kind of a well and it's so less dense than the lord yeah. of the rings books like oh, i think time. so i I audiobooked this while I was reading mm-hmm. it, and I think I I listened to it at two point speed because okay. it, it was pretty slow, yeah. like the way they were reading it. And I think it only took like maybe two hours, yeah. if that. Okay, which version did you listen to? Because it's narrated by two different people. I listened to the same person who did the Lord of the Rings. Okay, one. so I listened to the one that Andy Circus oh, narrated, who is the good. voice of Gollum. It was perfection. Okay, I'm going to have to find that one because this guy's getting a little, he's getting it a little. It was perfection because obviously, as we'll talk, Gollum yeah. is in these movies. Uh-huh. And of course, he does the voice of Gollum yeah. just perfectly in the yeah. audiobook. <laughs> yeah, he got, I, and I think it's because I was listening to it at 2. Point, you know, 2.0 yeah. when he gets to the Gollum parts. Uh-huh. It's so high pitched. I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, all right. Oh, sorry. Oh, I should say, yeah. um, it is still directed by Peter Jackson, who did all of the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, and it's written, the screenplay was written by um, Guillermo del Toro, oh, yeah. who um, wrote and directed um, The Shape of Water. And he also did the screenplay for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark that mm, we did. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, he, I mean, he's an Oscar award winning yeah. um, writer and director. And, I have and a friend everything. who, like, loves Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. <laughs> like, weird obsession. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the IMDb synopsis reads... A reluctant hobbit, Bilbo Baggins, sets out to the lonely mountain with a spirited group of dwarves to reclaim their mountain home and the gold within it from the dragon smog. I love the dwarves. We'll talk about it more. <laughs> I like really identify with the dwarves. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I feel like those would have been my people. <laughs> I could see that. I think the elves would have been my people. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> uh, so some interesting facts. So I, I'm sure you, if you've either read this book before or you've kind of Googled it or searched it, mm-hmm. you'll see that um, not only is it called The Hobbit, it's also referred to And There and Back, or, mm-hmm. or There and Back, excuse yeah. me. Um, basically, in, uh, when Bilbo writes his story, mm-hmm. that's what he refers to it. It's either The Hobbit right. or And There, there and Back. I, can, I keep putting the and. Mm-hmm. There's no and. <laughs> um, but so my version says that. My version yeah. says The Hobbit or There and Back. I think, not we sure have the sa- I think we have the same book. 
I think we have the same really? version. Yeah. How? I got mine at Goodwill. I did too. Did you? You found another copy? Yeah. Weird. I'll show you because you okay. posted it on your Instagram. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's the same one I have. That's funny. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Um, so the book was nominated for the Carnegie Medal, and but it was awarded the prize of the New York Herald Tribune uh, for Best Juvenile Fiction. So this oh. is technically considered a YA, a young adult novel. It is way easier to understand 100% yeah and it's still classified as a classic similar Mm -hmm. to the Lord of the Rings it's on my list of uh epic oh, weeds yeah. that mm-hmm. I have to read for, you know, it's like you 100 of well, You have to read. <laughs> I, I have put a goal for myself to read 10 of those that are on that list. Mm-hmm. We've already done Lord of the Rings. Uh, the Hobbit is next, and I'm sure we'll tackle quite a few a over the, the next year. Um, so the story of The Hobbit is told from uh, in the form of an episodic quest. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the chapters introduce a specific creature or type of creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as the story com- goes on, like he alludes to those different creatures and mm-hmm. things like that as well. And then because The Hobbit did well when it was um, published, that kind of sprang him then writing The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And because once he started writing The Lord of the Rings, he realized, okay, certain things needed to change. So for the second um, release of The Hobbit, uh-huh. like the second edition or whatever, they had to actually change a few things oh. to make them fit a little bit better with what happens in yeah, The Lord of the I mean, Rings, which I thought sense. was interesting. Yeah, huh, I wonder so, what it was, though. I don't know <laughs> that I have the original edition or like a newer version, yeah. but um, yeah, I thought that was interesting because... It makes sense once you go yeah. back, or once you're writing, especially considering the Lord of the Rings are so long. Mm-hmm. He's he's probably like, oh well, that doesn't make sense. Got to go change it back. It's easier Look, to change. If I were to book. read it, I, there's no way I would know. But oh, that's not right. Oh, 100%. I didn't understand half of that <laughs> yeah. book. Um, and uh, another crazy fact: so this book has never been out of print. So okay. if you think about, you know, books will uh-huh. take hiatuses, come out with new versions, mm-hmm. new new releases, whatever. Um, it's never been out of print. It's been an ongoing legacy um, that has had diff- many adaptations for stage, screen, radio, board games, video mm-hmm. games, all sorts of different things. And obviously movies, as we'll talk about mm-hmm. in these next few episodes. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, it's very interesting now that you say that it's a YA. Yeah. <laughs> like, makes yeah, so much makes more sense. Makes more sense right? why I understand yeah. it. Because I feel like, unfortunately, <clears throat> well... The Hobbit did just fine for itself, let me tell you. <laughs> but I will say that some of the reviews weren't as good mm-hmm. because I feel like if it's a YA book, it's going to be a little bit more YA on the screen as well. That's you know, it's going to be a little bit yeah. easier to understand. I understand what, what was going on mm-hmm. 95% of the time. But um, because, I mean, even looking at the Rotten Tomatoes rating for this um, particular episode or movie, only 64%. Ooh, wow. Which okay. that dropped from The Last Lord of the Rings was at like, I think, 94%. Mm-hmm. So I think people expected it to be as in-depth and sure. what well them. and both book and movie at least to me felt much more not not only YA mm-hmm. but like much more lighthearted. at right. least you know yeah. in this first movie we'll see how it continues but much more lighthearted, much more like mm-hmm. comedic scenes yeah. um that I personally really enjoy yeah. both book and movie so I could see why if someone was like going and expecting Lord of the Rings level like yeah. intensity they were kind of underwhelmed yeah. with The Hobbit exactly um so but like I said it did just fine for itself the budget was doubled from the last Lord of the Rings movie um $180 million was wow. budgeted which is a huge budget for a film um but it did gross one billion dollars so just this first one just this first one if you remember the last lord of the rings was like 1.8 so um it'll be interesting to see how going on Mm -hmm. how the other ones did but i mean you can't once you hit the billion mark like you can't you can't say it's not a success that's very true (laughs) um so it was nominated for two oscars none of the big ones um, but it didn't win any. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually was the first movie in Peter Jackson's Middle Earth franchise, which is Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, um, that did not get um, an Oscar. So which makes me think that the other two coming up will have have mm-hmm. won some Oscars. Um, but yeah, which I thought was interesting. So I don't know what it was up against yeah. those years. I guess that you always have to take that into That's consideration. True. So we'll talk about this when we start the movie. Um, we get to we get a little bit of a nod to the other wizards. Um, like the blue wizards mm-hmm. and yes. <laughs> the brown wizard. <laughs> the brown wizard. Um, so in the movie, um, 
you know, they ask Gandalf about the other wizards and, you know, he says that there's five and he names Saruman and um, Radagast and himself. Um, and then he says, oh, the, the other two blue ones, I can't remember, like he doesn't really say their names. Um, well, there's actually an unfinished, uh, there's a book um, called Unfinished Tales and it's um, kind of a collection from J.R.R. Tolkien that they don't actually have rights to. So they can't <laughs> use the names of those other two wizards oh, that's because hilarious. they're only mentioned in, in those. those that's funny so so but i thought that was i just figured that was gandalf not knowing something yeah exactly i mean they played it off beautifully <laughs> yeah. um one of the things that you were talking about earlier is how these the chapters are you know segmented mm-hmm. into different journeys and characters or whatever um they actually bring some of that into the movie as well and the titles of the chapters in the book um, are referenced throughout the movie mm-hmm. um such as a merry gathering or out of the frying pan and into the fire and the roast mutton yes. so which i thought was kind of cool yeah i like the names of the t- chapters yeah um in our last episode of lord of the rings i did the breakout of how many like hobbit feet mm-hmm. <laughs> had to be made yes. and all I, I did all that um so they did come up with a different um, method of creating the hobbit feet okay um in the lord of the rings they had to make so many hobbit feet um because they only were covering the feet of the actors and actresses and so they kept having to reapply them because they just weren't very stable well in this movie there's less hobbits right. but they figured out that if they made these prosthetics all the way up to their knees that it was more supportive oh. Oh, wow. And so they didn't have to then recreate and make these hobbit feet so many. I did notice that they looked significantly different yeah. than when like Frodo and Sam were wearing theirs. Right. Or... Well, there you go. They found a new way to do it. Um, and then lastly, I thought this was kind of cute. So the very first roar that we hear from Smog, the, mm-hmm. the dragon in this film, um, is actually um, the director of special effects, um, his seven-year-old daughter, Roaring, <laughs> that they then manipulated and corrected to make it sound even more like a dragon. Oh, that's but I cool. thought that that was really that's like, how cool would that be great? But like, yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> With a lot of special effects, yeah. but also still, that's me. That's yeah. cool. Um, all right, so let's jump into the cast of this. There's so many dwarves in this, and we, mm-hmm. I feel like we haven't really delved into a lot of them yet That's in terms true. of character building. That's true. So um, I did want to mention some of the returning characters that um, I don't want to re- recover, yeah. um, So, but we did cover them in our Lord of the Rings series. Um, but Gandalf um, comes back, yes. same actor. Frodo is there for like a scene, which is fine. <laughs> same actor. Elrond is there. Um, Galadriel, Saruman, um, Gollum, and then old Bilbo. Yes. Um, all come back in this film and are all played by the original characters. Can I just say, obviously, actresses. All, uh, these actors and actresses have aged 10 years mm-hmm. since the last movie, right? Yeah. Um, the only one that even remotely looked younger yeah. was Galadriel in my opinion. Right. And yeah. I don't know what they did with her or if she's just magically, you know, I beautiful. Cape Blanchett is like basically like in the Illuminati. That's true. <laughs> but I'm like, everyone looks older, but they're supposed to look younger. Like with right. Eldron, Elrond specifically, I'm like, okay, so you just put a brown wig on him right. as opposed to a white wig. I mean, he still it, looks old. <laughs> right. And it's funny because you say it's like, it's 10 years, but yeah. like in the storyline, yeah. I mean, we're talking almost a hundred years right. younger. Like, <laughs> yeah. so it's funny. Um, they, w- they did say that, um, there was no doubt that Ian, that Sir Ian, um, McKillen was going to come back as Gandalf oh. because, um, Peter Jackson said that he wouldn't do the, the movies if he didn't come back. As I mean, Gandalf. you gotta have Gandalf, right. especially if he's in the story. Right. But now he's back to being Gandalf the gray. Yes. He's not <laughs> Yet. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so a couple of the uh, characters that we want to talk about, though. Um, new Bilbo. Mm-hmm. Young <laughs> Bilbo. Young Bilbo is played by Martin Freeman, who I just adore. Um, I was actually first introduced to him um, in the PBS series Sherlock. Oh, with yeah. With Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. He played Watson. And he's just so like, he's he plays that character of like, he he's very smart. He knows what he's doing, but he's very He's almost like a little cowardice and mm-hmm. it has a hard time speaking up for himself yeah. sometimes. But then he does and he's great. That's how he was in, in here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we saw him in Sherlock. He's also in Black Panther, um, Captain America, Civil War. And he also was in the series Fargo that came out. So he's very lovable. Yeah. Like he just got that like look about him that I'm just like, oh, you're so cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did read that um, up for this role, which I can... Oh, uh, Daniel Ratcliffe. Oh, God. No, thank you. Shia LaBeouf. Um, and then James McAvoy. No way. 
could see James. Maybe. <laughs> um, and then a guy named um, Adam Brown, who actually ended up going on to play one of the dwarves, Ori. Okay. Um, but, and then Tobey Maguire was, were all considered to play the role of Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> Why does Tobey Maguire get considered to play any role? He does Ever. look like a hobbit, though. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's not out of the question. Is it because Leo um, put in a good word for him? Maybe. I don't you know, know. they're BFFs. But I thought he was so great in the, I think, oh, yeah. I think Martin Freeman is the perfect Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. To your point, yeah. Like, could I see some of those people? Yeah. Sure. But like, I don't know. I yeah. just think he does a really good job being Bilbo. Yeah. And he's way better than Elijah Wood. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's better than <laughs> yeah. Elijah Wood. So 10 out of 10, I think he does a great job. Uh, next character is Thorin, who is... The leader of the dwarf pack at this yeah. moment. He's basically the... He should be the king of the dwarves. He's heir of, yeah. like, a, seven different kings. He's so. like our Aragorn in the story. You basically, know? yeah. You know? and, um, or he tries to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, his name is Richard um, Armitage, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, he was in Ocean's 8, um, and he was also in Alice Through the Looking Glass, um, one of the Alice in Wonderland films. Funny enough, he is six two and a half. Wow. He is very tall. <laughs> That is tall. So, so did they do the whole perspective yeah. thing again? And I think they did a little. I mean, with a $180 million budget, That's I think true. they used a little bit more technology for this That's, one. I mean, you could tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think they did a good, you know, the thing is, we're never going to, like, think, like, a dwarf is, like, I mean, in this sense, yeah. like, you're, you don't want, like, a pretty, like, Aragorn. Like, true. You, know, you don't need a Legolas or, I mean, Aragorn, you know, everyone fell in love with it. Yeah. I felt like he was a good balance between being this rugged dwarf yeah. character and still, like, you're like, all right, cool. He's, like, kind of a handsome guy. Like, he can guy. get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So, and, and as dwarves go, he's probably yes. the best looking. Yeah. And in terms of then how they casted the rest of yeah. them, you know, and of them being a little bit more, you know, like the dwarves you think yeah. of in uh, uh, Snow White or whatnot. <laughs> Um, right. So funny though how they name them. It's like Ori and Dory and Feely and Keely. <laughs> Feely and Keely were kind of cute too. Yeah, that's true. They're, they're like, like one of the younger or two of the like younger the ones. They're like the Marion Pippin of, of the story. Yeah. So, um, but I thought he, I think he's doing a really great job. Like I buy his character a lot, and I yeah. like the. Um, I, I like his character development of like being like really like kind of rugged and tough, and then now is kind of coming around to Bilbo. And well, there was a moment there where I was like, oh my God, is Thorin going to die? Yeah. Because, and we'll get into it, obviously, but I was just like, that would be really sad because yeah. we're only into movie one. <laughs> right, right. But it wouldn't be, you know, so out of the question considering right. Boromir died movie one. That's very that true. That was very sad, so. That's very true. Um, the next character is the brown wizard, uh, Rat- Radagast. Radagast. Who um, is not, is not mentioned in the book. No. At all. They don't really talk about the wizards at all. No. Other than Gandalf, obviously. Yeah, so um, he's played by Sylvester McCoy. Um, he's done a lot of different um, characters in the Doctor Who series. Like, he's done a couple of the, you know, it's been mm. remade and reimagined yeah. so many times. But he's been a couple different versions of that. He is in all three Hobbits. So um, we will be seeing him again. Maybe um, he comes into the book later. Yeah, I don't know. But um, he was actually considered um, to play Bilbo in the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring in the first film. So like old Bilbo. Yeah, old, old Bilbo. But um, didn't get it, but then came back as Radagast the Brown. But um, yeah, I thought it was very interesting because it, it is a little bit of a quirky scene that mm-hmm. we meet him in, and yeah. he's a very eccentric character. So when I was reading the book, I was like, he never showed up, you know? like <laughs> yeah. or, so or far whatever. at least. So, because I did watch the movie before I read the book, Same. which, you know, I thought helped in, in this instance. So it'll be interesting how they, if he does pop up in the book, yeah. and see if, you know, if it comes full circle, but I don't know if it will. Yeah, I mean, basically so far, at least in the book, whatever information he yeah. has is just kind of, conveyed in a different way yeah. in the book. So. Yeah, and just to like explain a little bit more, like what we've kind of found out at this point is that there are five main wizards in the Middle Earth, and that's Gandalf, the Grey, Saruman, the White, the two blues that we don't know their name, and, <laughs> right. and Radagast, the Brown. So um, very interesting, but I thought he did good. Yeah. <laughs> Comedic relief. Considering how many like dwarves, hobbits, elves there are, it's surprising that there's only five wizards. Right. You know? Like, did they not go to Hogwarts and find more? <laughs> right. And, like, how come people don't take them more seriously? <laughs> you know? I don't know. Um, last character I wanted to talk about, because it's another character we do not meet in the movie, mm-hmm. or in the book, does not show up as of right now, is the pale orc, Azog. Azog. Azog, yes. Um, played by a man named Manu Bennett. Um, he is in the 
TV series Arrow, and then has done a bunch of voices for um, the Spartacus franchise. Mm. Um, so, I mean, he's a giant orc, so you don't even know what yeah. he looks like in this. But I just thought it was so interesting. When I was reading the book, I was like, there's no storyline of yeah. these orcs. I know. Like, there's nothing. There's more goblin that there is, than there is orc. Right. And so, I don't, I'm curious if it's because everyone was so accustomed to the orcs in the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. movies that they're like, let's just kind of keep this going. Yeah. Or if eventually, like, the orcs will come into play in the book. Yeah, it was very interesting. And even, you know, the one of the final scenes in this in this film does happen in the book, but the orcs aren't there yeah. at all. Yeah. So, um yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. So he reminded me. Well, if he was a nice character, he reminded me, and I forget his name, mm-hmm. but the guy in Guardians of the Galaxy that kind of looks like him. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the guy who plays Drax. Yes, Dave Baptista. Yes, yes, that guy. Yes. <laughs> I was like, if you were nice, this is who you would yeah, be. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I like the. I mean, I liked the concept of it in the movie. I didn't think it was like too outlandish. Like, if it would have been in the book, I would have been like, okay, I, I believe it. But I, I think you're right. Yeah. Where we aren't even really introduced to these orc characters. At least not until, yet. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. Know. We'll see what we'll happens. See. Um, I think you know we'll get into more of some of the dwarfs. Hopefully, as. <laughs> As the series We're gonna goes have to. On. There's a lot of them. I know, and I, I'm sure you'll bring it up. But I just want to make mention of one, um, mm-hmm. Glowin, who we meet in Lord of the Rings books, mm-hmm. but who is actually Gimli's dad. Yes, um, which we see Gimli obviously in the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, Glowin is uh, part of that, like meeting of all of the um, heads of the different, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people or types of creatures. <laughs> creatures. Um, uh, who we then meet Gimli, mm-hmm. but I uh, just want to bring that up because I don't know if it's played by the same guy who plays Gimli. I'm sure yeah. he'll bring it up later, but it looked very much like Gimli, yeah. obviously, because he's young. He's supposed to be younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, yeah. I just wanted to bring him up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Time for Who Said It. Your first quote is, moon letters are ruin letters, but you cannot see them. Not when you look straight at them. They can only be seen when the moon shines behind them. Are we talking book or movie? Because this is said by two different people. I'm talking book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Gandalf? Mm, Elrond. Oh, for some reason I didn't think he was in the book. Yeah. They they go to see him. Yeah. In, in, yeah. Um, for some reason it? I thought Rivendell. like it wasn't him who, who no, was No, it was it. definitely him. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's who it says it in the movie too, right? Yeah. yeah. For some reason, I don't know, when I was reading it, I was like, I don't think that... I don't know what I was doing. Maybe I (laughs) fell asleep in that second or something. Uh, Next quote is, murderers and elf friends. Slash them. Beat them. Bite them. Nash them. Oh, my God. (laughs) The big old goblin guy. Yeah, great goblin. (laughs) Next one. Go back. No good at all. Go sideways. Impossible. Go forward. Only thing to do. On we go. Gandalf. Mm, Bilbo. Dang it. <laughs> Last but not least, we must tighten our belts and trudge on, or we shall be made into supper, and that will be much worse than having none ourselves. Gandalf. Yes. <laughs> it's safe to at least guess yeah. Gandalf for all of them, because it's bound to be one right, of them. Right, exactly. Um, okay, so your options, basically I've decided I'm not going to pick F. Mary Kill until You're... you go through characters, because <laughs> yeah. it just makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, so your options for F. Mary Kill are young Bilbo, mm-hmm. Thorin, and Radagast. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to marry Thorin, because mm-hmm. he's an heir to, like... <laughs> A, a lot of gold <laughs> that he can't get to yet. Yeah, and he's good looking, and he's you know a tough guy, manly and, and man. Clearly, you love the dwarves. You love the dwarves. Um, <laughs> uh, I gotta kill Bilbo, even though I like Bilbo. He's just a little bland for me. Ooh, ouch. Yeah, and we'll romp around in the woods with Radagast. <laughs> you know, he seems a little eccentric. He's seen some things, you know. <laughs> Um, I'm going to agree with you on marrying Thorin. Okay. I also think he's very good looking and, you know, you know me. I love money or gold. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to romp around with Bilbo because... Boring. Bilbo, I don't know. Bilbo's kind of funny. Like, he's got a little, like, humorous side to him. We also like, need to remember that Bilbo has been alone for most of his life. He never made... Like, think about it. Bilbo is single when we meet him in yeah. The Hobbit. He is single all the way until well, maybe, he dies. Maybe because he never met the right person, a.k.a. me. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, um, and then I'm going to have to kill Radagast because for the same reason that you think he's eccentric, <laughs> I think he's crazy. He's a little up. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's jump into this one. This one is called The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Um, the next two are called what? Like the five armies. That's the last one. Smog. And, and then Desolation of Smog. Yes. yes that's a good name. Yeah. Um, so the um, the movie does open um, different from from the book. Mm-hmm. So the movie actually opens with a voiceover of Bilbo um, talking slash writing to Frodo. And he's basically just talking. He's like reading almost like the opening pages of the Hobbit book yes. that, that he's written. Um so then we actually get, which we do not get in the movie, we get this actually like a big flashback of... We don't get in the book. You that mean. We do, yeah, sorry. Yeah. We don't get this in the book at all. We get introduced to a city named um, Dale, right? Dale, is that how you pronounce it? Dale? It's Dale. Is it not Erebor? Well, yeah, but Dale's like the city outside of See, like this the is, kingdom. Again, again, with the inside cities and the outside cities, I'm calling I it know. Erebor. I know. So they're basically <laughs> in front of the doors of the mightiest dwarf kingdom. And we find out that, which I thought was just funny because, you know, they talk about how like they, the dwarves have been, you know, mining this mountain for years mm-hmm. and it's like gold and gems. That's what the dwarves did in Snow White. They literally... <laughs> mine for gems that's like all they did interesting so, you know which came I mean? first uh probably snow white to be honest Ooh. maybe i don't know who knows <laughs> um but we find out that within this mountain they have find they have found the arkenstone which is actually like the heart of the mountain and like the most powerful gem making it really the most powerful kingdom in the middle earth is mm-hmm. because there's this one gem we end up meeting the dwarf king who you know, basically just kept going, like, find more gold, find more gems. I want it. I like, like, Scrooge McDuck type, right? <laughs> and he basically became greedy with all of his gold. And it was like a sickness for mm-hmm. the gold. And he kind of went crazy. Well, we then find out that one day they were attacked by um, a fire drake dragon. And that it, it destroys the city of Dale, which is outside <laughs> of the kingdom for whatever reason. And that they actually end up getting, he, this um, dragon gets into that kingdom and it's completely lost and they tried to fight it, but it wouldn't. So another thing that gets added into the movie, because we don't, I mean, maybe we'll get this backstory at some point in the book, but I don't think so. I mean, it was very briefly talked about by Thorin, like, when he's trying to explain why yeah. they're going back, but not to this level of, like, right. you know, detail. Another thing that we find out during this this flashback story is one of the reasons in The Lord of the Rings, we Gimli, who's a dwarf, mm-hmm. and Legolas, who's an elf, they, when they first meet, are kind of at at odds right. because dwarves and elves don't get along. And in the Lord of the Rings, which it might've been mentioned in the book, who knows? <laughs> um, but those two don't get along. Those yeah. two, you know, families <laughs> don't get along. And I, you know, here they actually explain kind of why, because when the kingdom was getting taken over by the dragon, the elves basically just watched them get destroyed. They Literally. They were like on top of a mountain. They're like looking down like, yeah, that doesn't look fun. We're yeah. just going to leave. <laughs> yeah. So they didn't help at all. So that has started that feud between them for mm-hmm. so long um we then see that the dwarf prince had actually led out all of the people to get away um but they've basically never forgotten what happened yeah so we i mean it's kind of i thought it was a good setting to the story 100 percent. with the book you kind of just start right from the get-go and yeah. you're just like okay so now i'm basically led to like have to figure out what the heck is going on yeah. on my own which I mean, it depends on what type of book you like. If you Mm -hmm. like, you know, especially for these types of books that are like more fantasy and things Mm -hmm. like that, you really kind of need that world building. You need that like description of what's going on and how Mm -hmm. did we get here, which you don't really get. And I don't know if that's just how JRR works or or what. Um, But yeah, and it's also obviously important to note as like the prince was letting everybody out, they've essentially, the dwarves have now become wanderers Mm -hmm. and kind of just dispersed all throughout the land because they don't really have a home. Right. Um, But the next scene we get is where the book actually starts. Right. Well, and we get, well, kind of, (laughs) because we do get in the movie, because after we get this backstory, we actually are at the Shire the same day that the Lord of the Rings, the first movie starts, Mm -hmm. which I actually thought was kind of cool because it's basically the same, the same scene 
that opens the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. but from a different vantage point. Yeah. We see it from Bilbo's vantage point, and it's the day of his birthday party, and we see we actually see Frodo, and um, that you know that he's starting to write the book and and whatnot. So, but then we get a God. I was just like, that's that's the part that like kind of threw me off because he's beginning to write the book, mm-hmm. but when we see that scene. In the, in the Lord of the Rings movies, yeah. that night he leaves, basically. Yeah, that's true. So, like, how did he write that so quickly? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Way to ruin it for me. Sorry. <laughs> but I, th- I, I love the scene from Bilbo's point of mm-hmm. view because what we don't get, which is actually in the Lord of the Rings books, is um, he's kind of putting away all of his valuables mm-hmm. because he's worried that his other um, family members, the other Bagginses, <laughs> right. um, will come and, like, steal his stuff. Right. We actually get quite a bit of a scene in the books, like, describing this and like putting this into detail. (laughs) So I liked getting that little uh, tidbit in the movie. Yeah. So the next thing we see though, is that we flash back 60 years. So this is where the the book actually starts Mm -hmm. and it's Gandalf showing up at the Shire and he's actually ends up meeting Bilbo on like a bench. And at this point, Gandalf knows who Bilbo is, but Bilbo has not seen Gandalf for so many years. He saw him when he was a little kid. So he doesn't really fully remember him. And he basically comes to tell Bilbo, like, look, I'm looking for someone to share an adventure with. And Bilbo's like, yeah, that's not me. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, but then he kind of, you know, re- reminds Bilbo of, like, who he is and, you know, how Bilbo was as a child and very, you know, a little bit more adventurous yeah. and very inquisitive and whatnot. And we find out, you know, that Bilbo's mom was actually a took. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, those, the, the Tooks are kind of a little bit more outlandish yeah. and a little bit more. Um, if you'll remember, Pippin is yes, a Took. Yes. So. A little bit more mischievous. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. So, which I thought was an interesting um, tidbit to add into it. Um, but so Gandalf, you know, he's like, no, thank you. I'll see you. See you later. And he goes home. <laughs> um, that night, um, a dwarf shows up at Bilbo's house. What we what we also see is some sort of a marking that mm. is made on Bilbo's door, yes. which we don't know what it's about. Right. We find out. And then a dwarf shows up at Bilbo's and then another and then two more and then six more dwarves. <laughs> I loved up. this scene. I know. Um, and he finally shows up with Gandalf. And they basically just, you know, trash the place and they're hungry and they want to eat and drink and have a good time. And, and then this is where we meet Thorin. Thorin finally shows up. And that's where I get a little bit more of why they're here. Right. Try to figure it out. Um, so they're all kind of, and I will say like, I, I love the way this, this scene plays out in the movie more so than the book. The book is so like, it kind of goes too fast for me. <laughs> you know? I saw that. I felt that way throughout really the majority of, of the book. Yeah. Which is interesting because I felt like it was flip flop for Lord mm. of the Rings. Oh, the Lord yeah. of the Rings dragged so long or so yeah. so much in the book, where, but mm. in the movie it kind of speeds things up. So it was weird seeing the reversal of yeah. it. Yeah. So this is where we find out that, you know, they have a mission to get back to the uh, Lonely Mountain where they, you know, where their kingdom was and that they're planning a quest to defeat or defeat um, the dragon Smog who took over the mountain. And at this point in the, in the movie, they tell us like he hasn't been seen in 60 years um so they think that he might be gone Mm -hmm. or might be dead and so they think that since no one has seen him for that long that other people might be trying to get to the kingdom to take all the gold that's there in the book there's no mention of we haven't seen the dragon in 60 years and this is why we're going it was it's more of just like all right, we think it's time to go <laughs> and check it out. Well, and to our point earlier about how Radagast isn't really in the book, um, he in a later scene in the movie, we'll get to it, but he talks about something called the Necromancer. Mm-hmm. And we actually see that or we hear about that right out the gate in the book. And Gandalf is the mm-hmm. one that brings up the Necromancer. Right. So I don't personally know how much he comes into play, this weird creature thing. Um, but to our point earlier, mm-hmm. Gandalf is kind of just that sharer of news as opposed to this other character (laughs) yeah so we also find out during this dinner that um gandalf has the key to the for some reason i don't know why he has it (laughs) he has the key to this like magic door that will get them through like the backside of the mountain well i think doesn't he mention that his that thorin's dad or grandfather gave it to gandalf to like Mm. hold for him something like that yeah so but they find out that the door is like invisible. So mm-hmm. they need basically have to try to figure out one to get how to get to this mountain. And then two, like how to find this invisible door. So there's a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, 
but at this point they tell them that they need an expert burglar to get into the door and find the stone. So they think that that's Bilbo, <laughs> that Bilbo is this like <laughs> world-class burglar, <laughs> which I mean, look at him. Doesn't he look like, I one? mean, yes, you know, light footed <laughs> can get in anywhere. So that's why they're there. He does have a size working for him. That, I guess. that is true. But I guess aren't dwarves. Yeah, he's just about as, the same. He's yeah. about the same size. Okay, just a little not. bit more slim. I think. Yeah. Um, so, this it plays out a little bit differently between the book and the movie here. So at this point, they have this like giant contract mm-hmm. um, that Bilbo must sign in order in order to go with them. And there's an incineration clause. So like if he gets <laughs> you know burned up, then you know it's not a, it's, it's not, not their, their problem. Fault. Yeah. Um, but Bilbo basically just passes out. You know, he's like, oh my gosh, and you know Bilbo's just be- and then he when he comes to, he's like, yeah, I am not going. Like there's no way I'm going. Yeah. Um. And I'll, I'll finish out this scene and then we'll talk about the differences. But um, we then see like the dwarves kind of singing this like solemn song. And, you know, it's kind of like an eerie kind of Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. type song, you know. <laughs> and at this point, I'm like, I just really identify with the dwarves. Like they are just like my people. Like I like their singing. Okay. I like their drinking. I like their eating. Like that, those are my people. So right? they, they remind you of like the people that like frequent like Oktoberfest. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I felt. I felt like it was like a mini <laughs> Oktoberfest in the Hobbit hole. Yeah. That's um, because now the next morning though, um, Bilbo wakes up and the dwarves are all gone. The house is completely clean mm-hmm. and they're gone. Cause he said they weren't going to go. Yeah. In the book, it's a little different. Slightly different. I mean, we get to the same, you know, end goal right. here. But Bilbo actually faints way before they even start talking about the fact that he's going to be a, you know, a, a thief for them or a burglar for them. Um, and then they actually don't mention the contract when they're there that night. Right. They kind of still eat their food. They kind of tell him what the mm-hmm. plan is. But then the next morning he realize, he wakes up and they're all still gone. But he's like... Okay, well, I guess, you know. There's, like, the contract is there, and they're basically like, all right, go Gandalf ahead, comes it. back. Yeah. Yeah, he comes back, and he's like, did you see what they left you? And he's like, well, what are you talking about? He's like, they left you this contract. Mm-hmm. Read it. We need you to go, like, ASAP. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, he basically wakes up and decides, okay, okay I, do I think go. I want to go. Yeah, and a difference. Um, in the book, the dwarves leave his house trashed. They do. In the movie, they, they do. cleaned they it like clean nice it. people. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, because um, even in the Lord of the Rings books, there's a lot of singing, a lot mm-hmm. of, um, you know, sections where there's uh, songs and things like that. Mm-hmm. I liked that the movie, or the, that the Hobbit actually incorporates some of they those do. songs and like brought it into the yeah. movie as well. I, I enjoyed that. Appreciate it. Yeah. So yeah, so you, um, like you mentioned, so he does decide to leave a little bit different between the book and the movie, but he does leave to go find them. And he does catch up to them. I think... In the movie, or in the book, like they're um, they're like, okay, like what took you so long or whatever. And yeah. in the movie, they're like, oh, we didn't think you were actually gonna right. come. <laughs> um, so we can, and they, they have a you know a pony for him ready to go. <laughs> so while they're out there, oh, and at one point, Bilbo's like, um, we have to go back. I forgot my handkerchief. Like, I need to go back right now. Um, they're like, you don't need a handkerchief. Yeah, it's fine. So. They're, you know, journeying on and at night they, this is where we get introduced to the orcs in the movie, Mm -hmm. which we do not in the book, but they hear the orcs and they kind of make light of it and kind of, you know, laugh about it. But we find out that, um, it's no laughing matter to Thorin (laughs) and that in the past, the orcs have tried to take over that dwarf kingdom and they actually beheaded the king of the dwarfs at one point. And during this battle, Thorin actually cut the arm off of the giant pale orc. And so he, to his to his knowledge, he thought he killed that, right. that big orc. But Listen, if you don't have a dead body, he ain't dead. It's like in Zombieland. <laughs> you double tap, <laughs> take the head off. <laughs> Zombieland is a work of art. It is a great movie. I'll take your word for um, it. But anyways, there was during that battle only a very few of these dwarves um survived survived in it so it's very like traumatic for thorin but that's actually where he kind of became the king of dwarves when his dad got beheaded so we're now venturing on and this is where gandalf talks about the five different wizards the white the two blue the gray and the brown and (laughs) we find out that radagast the brown um takes care of all the woodland animals (laughs) you know he's just out there you know taking care of mother nature um but the sad part is, is that a lot of these animals are starting to die. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. And he's in his, his little, um, like, little 
hut cabin type thing. And all of these spiders, these shelobs, start coming to attack. And he has a little hedgehog that's not doing too hot. Oh, poor baby. It's so sad. Yeah. He blames it on witchcraft. He, he mentioned yes. something about witchcraft, which, to your point earlier, we don't get Radagast in the book. So this scene doesn't even right. happen in the book. So, and he tells during this scene that he thinks that it's coming from the old fortress where the necromancer is most mm-hmm. likely coming from. So... We see that Thorin and Gandalf, you know, they argue about where to camp. They're a little bit at at each other's, like, they don't get along. They're at well. odds with each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. Which I didn't really pick up on in the book at all. No, we'll, we'll get into it. Um, Thorin is, like, not as against getting help from the right. elves in the book as he is in the movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> this next scene is actually really great. So... This actually does come in. This connects us back to the Lord of the Rings um, movie as well. So they're camping for the night. Two of the ponies go missing. They end up hearing other different noises um, in the forest. So they go to like check it out. And they end up finding that there's these three mountain trolls. Well, if you remember from Lord of the Rings, there's a scene where Merry and Pippin sleep at the foot of three stone trolls oh yeah so um we get this story of how that came to be um but in the book there's no missing ponies no there's just they just run into these guys there's no backstory they have their ponies the entire time exactly (laughs) so uh, bilbo actually goes to try to save these trolls because they're like you're the burglar you gotta go so save the ponies yes yeah save save the ponies i don't know how he could do well with the trolls so anyways he's kind of sneaking around at one point one of the trolls grabs him and uses him as a tissue which is so (laughs) gross which again does not happen in the book but is great addition to the movie um all the dwarves end up coming to like help there's this like, you know, battle between these little dwarfs and these giant trolls. Um, but they do end up getting caught by the trolls. They actually start cooking them like um, rotisserie <laughs> over the <laughs> yes. fire. Um, but Bilbo tries to, you know, he distracts them and starts telling them that they all have parasites. So you probably shouldn't yeah. eat them. In um, the book, I think they just tie them up and then they're still trying to like figure out what to do with them. Mm-hmm. And at one point, one of the dwarves or one of the um, trolls is like, let's just squash them. Yeah. Squash them and then we'll boil them later. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> totally fine. So a little bit different between the book and the movie. How they are saved in the movie is... You know, because we they remember like, okay, trolls can't be out in sunlight. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they turn to stone. So you can see that Bilbo is trying to like save time yeah. till the sun starts coming up. But in the movie, at one point, Gandalf just shows up and splits a giant boulder in half and it makes the sunlight come up a lot yep, quicker. Yep. And then they turn to stone. <laughs> that does not happen in the book. <laughs> he does help, though. Yeah, Gandalf still does. comes to their aid. It's just they... they What's the word? Um, they distract long enough that it yeah. just becomes daylight. There's no dramatic like splitting no. of the stone. <laughs> Which again, I, I say this one more time. He has the staff. It's very helpful. Why he doesn't use it all the time is beyond me. I agree. So they end up finding the cave um, where the trolls were living. And in this, they find, you know, along with different skeletons or whatever, they find a bunch of swords that were made by the high elves. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, in the movie... Thorin doesn't really want anything to do with, right. you know, but, um, you know, Gandalf and even Bilbo, they end up finding a little, you know, a little sword yeah. for, for Bilbo. And they which I'm assuming is what becomes Sting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think so. Okay. So anyways, they find they take these swords. And another thing about these swords is that it will glow if there's orcs or goblins nearby. Obviously, Seems pretty useful to me. Exactly. Um, obviously in the book, it doesn't glow when there's orcs because there's no orcs in this bright, but just goblins. <laughs> yeah. So Bradagast ends up showing up um, to where they are and he tells them about the spiders. He tells them how he went to the old fortress. There was this dark power that's summoning, you know, the dead and that the necromancer has come back. So he's there to warn them like, hey, this is happening. This is the thing. Which, after this scene with about the necromancer, I think there's not too much else referenced about this necro like, no, at least not yet not yet yeah. i'm sure it'll come back but at this point it's just kind of right. setting the scene well and same with the movie or the book except for that one mention that gandalf gives in the beginning we don't really see much or hear much about this necromancer right and we end up actually finding or you know he proves to gandalf that this is true by giving him the sword mm-hmm. of the necromancer like hey here's proof that he's back right. i don't know what to tell you so at this point they end up hearing that there's a bunch of orcs nearby or their swords all start glowing. So Radagast actually, 
he takes his little dog sled of rabbits and tries to <laughs> <laughs> tries to like you know misdirect the orcs away from the dwarves because that's another thing that we don't get in the in the book is that they're kind you know yes they are on their way to the lonely mountain but this pale orc is kind of on their tail the whole time trying to get to them right. because he wants payback from you know with yeah. Thorin so which is just another leveling of an anxiety attack that they add to <laughs> right. the movie but anyways, uh, Radagast just basically runs them around in circles and doesn't really lead them away. I'm like, can you go just out? Right. <laughs> like he zigzags Like they're back. still there. Yeah. We can't get away. <laughs> yeah. So again, none of that happens in the, in the book. Um, but during all of this, Gandalf ends up leading them to a, a cave. And it almost looks like, you know, all hope is lost. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, a bunch of elves come and finish off the orcs, which not, doesn't happen in the book. <laughs> Because there's no orcs in the book, right? They so, do come up. They do come across do. elves, but they don't help them. Because to your point, there's no battle or right. Anything. Correct. So, anyways, the orcs are all dead now, thanks to the elves. And so the dwarves end up following the path in the back of the cave, which actually leads them to Rivendale, mm-hmm. which is where the El- the elf kingdom is. Um, and we see elrond Mm -hmm. for the first time in this movie he offers them food and you know it's just a bunch of like non-dwarf good food or whatever (laughs) you know a little different between the book and the movie there is like that little bit of we don't want the elves help because we don't like the elves but that tiff is not in the book because it doesn't exist in the book well and like i said earlier like thorin is so against Mm -hmm. getting the elves help because he's like they basically um abandoned us when we really needed them but yeah there's really no mention of that in the book and they're just kind of like great like there's these people that can help us let's (laughs) let's go right so elrond actually ends up showing them how to read their map because they have a map with different parts that they don't fully understand and actually how to find the door in the lonely mountain the invisible door yes and um and they said he has to take it to the the moon ruins so he can see it and whatnot And he ends up telling them, which correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe is a stipulation in the book, but they actually have to open it on Dewan's Day. They do. They do? In the book and two. It seemed way more dramatic than in the... (laughs) Like, I I knew that they mentioned it. Yeah. Dewan's Day. Dewan's Day. Dewan's Day. Which I... I'm still trying to figure out what it is, but it sounds like it's at some solstice. Yes. Like, basically, when, like, (laughs) when either summer ends and fall begins or when fall ends and winter begins. I don't yeah. know. It's just, it's a specific time on a specific day <laughs> that this like magical door will present itself yes. to them. It seems very unlikely <laughs> that they will get there. In time. Well. Um, so anyways, we now see um, a scene of the pale orc. We find out his name is at a- Azog or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And, you know, he's having all of the orcs hunt for these dwarves and, you know, he's after them still. So, we're back in Rivendell and we actually see Galadriel and Saruman center. Interesting. Which does not happen in the book. Correct. These two do not pop up in, in the book. Um, which again, I think it's probably just to bring it a little bit more into the Lord of the yeah. Lord of the Rings realm. Um, but they basically debate back and forth about actually, you know, poking smog. They're mm-hmm. like, I don't know if that's a great idea. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. So Gandalf shows them the necromancer blade and basically they're like, Totally don't understand how he got it because they said that it was made for the witch king that was buried with him. And they're like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I know. But like, here it is. So like, what do you think that means type thing? So they're in this like big kind of debate that they don't really want the dwarves to go. (laughs) But come to find out, Gandalf was just buying them time because the dwarves have already left. (laughs) Right. They're like, well, they're already gone. So and it's crazy because I'm like, okay. How did no one pick up on the fact that Saruman was like sketchy at this point? Right. Because they're talking about, you know, the the um the, the dark king or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, there's no way that Sauron could ever possibly no. come back. Oh weird. Yeah. You know who came back? He did. Sauron. Right. <laughs> you know who helped him? Sauron. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you caught this or not, but it felt, or at least I thought I read, that they actually spent quite a bit of time in Rivendell. Mm-hmm. Almost like two weeks yeah, of time. It was. Whereas in the movie it's just like, oh hey, we're gonna we're go. gonna pass through. We didn't need <laughs> yeah. to come here. We just We just were needed some food while, as we walked through. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um we now see um you know, Galadriel, who kind of understood what Gandalf was doing anyway, they kind of talk and she asks, you know, like, why Bilbo? <laughs> like, of all people, like, yeah. why Bilbo? And, you know, she says, you know, they're, she's always there to help if, if they need help and, and whatnot. And he basically just says, like, 
he believes in Bilbo yeah. and thinks he's the right man for, for the job. <laughs> this next scene is so cool. <laughs> I is. love this scene. It does happen in the book, but it's so like brief and like it's one of those it's, things that like it's like honestly like, almost like one or two lines mm-hmm. in the book that they turned into an amazing scene. In oh, one hundred percent. Well, and let's get like let's talk mm-hmm. about it. But it's not even. It doesn't even affect them in the way that it does in the movie (laughs) so in the movie they're now you know the dwarves are venturing on and they're kind of like taking these like kind of crazy paths along the mountains well it's thundering and you know storming and it's raining and they get stuck in what they call a thunder battle Mm -hmm. so it's not just regular thunder and lightning the mountains actually come alive and become these stone giants and they actually throw giant rocks at each other. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like it's so neat how they did it. And in the book or in the movie, they just are like, it's such a cool like visual. And like at one point the group gets split up because Mm -hmm. the mountain splits and one goes the other way and one goes the other. Bilbo almost falls off at one point and Thor has to save him and he gets super mad about it. Um, This is like that prime example I was saying earlier of, how much 10 years has like impacted like the, the technology Mm -hmm. and like all of the advancement that they've done in film, because like, I'm sure if they had done this in Lord of the Rings time, it would not have looked as cool and had as much of like a, you know, cool, like um, impact, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word. So in the movie at one point, like it looks like almost half the group gets taken mm-hmm. out, but they they end up you know being able yeah. to to save themselves. But after they get through this giant thunder battle, they end up finding uh, like a cave or a passageway through the mountains to shelter from from these giants. And Thorin again was mean to Bilbo because he had to save him. And Bilbo's like, "All right, well I'm gonna leave. Like you guys clearly don't want me here. Like yeah. I'm gonna go." Um, but as he's leaving, his sword starts to. Um, to glow, which again means that orcs or goblins are very, very near. So as they're in this cave for shelter, it ends up basically like being a trap door and it goes into this giant mountain of goblins basically. And they get, and they get trapped. That was crazy. Yeah. (laughs) And again, here's another difference between book and the movie as they're kind of, you know, hurting the dwarves to the Goblin King, Bilbo just kind of slips away. Mm -hmm. And that does not happen in the book. No, he stays with them and goes along the... He does get separated in the book, but it happens a little bit bit differently. Um, So at this point, all the dwarves are taken to this really nasty Goblin King who has a chin that like looks like a giant ball sack. It's so gross. (laughs) It's so gross. And like, well, now I'm not going to look at that any, uh, <laughs> you know, not in the same way. I know. Um, but we kind of find out that there's actually a bounty on Thorin's head. And that has come from the pale orc. Obviously, again, not in the book because that doesn't exist in the mm-hmm. book. Um, he still references that he knows who Thorin is, though. True. Even though there's no, you know, pale orc or whatever. Right. He's still like, oh, I know who you are. And like. I still hate you. Right. (laughs) Um, We do, you know, Bilbo did kind of escape from the group. However, he did end up falling kind of down to the bottom of the mountain Mm -hmm. um, and managed to to survive. But that basically happens. I think one of the dwarves actually accidentally drops drops Bilbo and that's how we get separated (laughs) in the book. So Bilbo is now at the bottom of this like cavern and there's also like a goblin, I think, that fell down with him as well. And he actually ends up walking in or he sees um, Gollum come in and ends up atta- who's attacking this goblin. And while he's attacking this goblin, he loses a ring, mm-hmm. a gold ring, and Bilbo takes it. In the book, that's not that doesn't happen. There's no fight between him and a goblin. No, he he's the only one that falls, obviously, mm-hmm. in the book. And when he falls, he just happens to see the ring mm-hmm. just sitting there right. and just grabs it. So he doesn't even realize that it is Gollum's ring yeah. necessarily at this point. Yeah. So Bilbo ends up, you know, warding off uh, Gollum, you know, after he turns his attention to him um, with his sword. And he kind of like is trying to almost play into these dual personalities that Go- mm-hmm. that Gollum has. Obviously we know from Lord of the Rings yeah. and they end up, you know, he's like, I need to find a way out. And Gollum's like, great. Well, I want to eat you. <laughs> um, and they decide to play the, the riddle game. Yeah. And if Bilbo wins, Gollum's going to show him the way out. 
if Gollum wins, he gets to eat him. Right. <laughs> Did you? I got so happy when I saw Gollum. Mm-hmm. In Which the is movie. so weird. I know. It's I strange. Know. But I just got so happy. Because he's, he's so comforting. Because he's something that you you know very well yeah. from Lord of the Rings. So when you see him in something else, you're like, okay, I, under, I yeah. belong here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like obviously Gollum's still a part of him, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't gotten to that level where it's mostly Gollum, less Smeagol. He's still more Smeagol than he is Gollum. Yeah, and he's not, he's actually a little less, little less creature-like than he is in Lord of the Rings, but not much. Um, But yeah, so they played this riddle game back and forth, which I'm like, I would have lost in the first round. Um, But the very last question is, is that, because Bilbo has, you know, the ring that he found in his pocket, and his question is, what is in my pocket? And at this point, this is where Gollum realizes that his ring is gone, yeah. his precious. After answering incorrectly three times, he even yes. gave him three chances to get the question right. Yep. He got it wrong. And so he lost, obviously. Yeah. He gets mad, but then he realizes, yeah. like you said, that he doesn't have the ring anymore. Yeah. So other than kind of how the ring gets lost or whatever, this scene plays out pretty similar as yeah. it does in the yeah, book. Yeah. Like even some of the riddles are exactly the same. Yeah. So... We now are back up with the goblins and the dwarves and the go- the goblins end up getting uh, freaked out at some point because they see the sword, the elf swords that they mm-hmm. have. And so at that point, they all start attacking each other. Um, Gandalf comes in and like knocks them all down. <laughs> tells them like, guys, like get up and fight. Like we got to go. And uh, which is actually cool. One of the cool scenes, mm-hmm. this whole this whole underground yeah, thing was very really neat. cool. Um, but now we're back in with Bilbo and Gollum. And Bilbo is now trying to run away from Gollum because Gollum is not taking his loss very um, well. <laughs> well, he's more concerned that his precious is gone. Exactly. And at this point, Bilbo falls, which is very Frodo-like. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. He falls. And when he falls, the ring falls onto his onto his finger and he becomes invisible. Um, I think we talked about this in the Lord of the Rings series is that like Bilbo seems to be a lot more okay when he's invisible. Like he like, you know, it's kind of strange, but like when Frodo puts on the ring, it's like an acid trip. Like he can't function. You know what I mean? It's very strange. I'd like to think that it's because at that point that when Frodo was putting it on, Sauron was basically all but back. Right. So like the powers of the ring were probably a little bit more like intense than when Bilbo originally found it. We'll just go with that. Yeah. You're going to give Frodo more credit than he deserves. It's fine. (laughs) So now we're back up with the dwarves again and It's just like the coolest scene. It's like they're running in and out of this cave and on these wooden bridges and Gandalf ends up killing the Goblin King uh, like very dramatically. Yeah. (laughs) And um, they end up all falling down to like the bottom of the mountain Um, and they know, okay, we just got to get out to daylight for safety because again, goblins also don't do well in sunlight either. So they're now kind of in the same area that Bilbo and Gollum are at. Bilbo at this point almost kills Gollum because he realizes, okay, he can't Mm -hmm. see me. Like he gets to the point where the knife is at Gollum's throat, but then Gollum has a little puppy dog eye. (laughs) I loved seeing this because it's actually referenced quite a bit Mm -hmm. in Lord of the Rings where Gandalf talks to Frodo and he's like, you know, he had the chance to kill Gollum once, but he took pity on him. And we actually see Mm -hmm. that like um, scene come to life, which I really liked. Yeah. And at this point, you know, Bilbo can see the dwarves leaving the cave. And so he's like, okay, I got to get yeah. to them. So at this point, Bilbo jumps over Gollum and like kicks him in the face, <laughs> which does not happen in the book. He does jump over him, but he doesn't hit him. <laughs> right. Which is a little, you know, for visual effect, it was good. I will say I really liked this way of showing what happens when the person has the has the yeah. ring on. I, like when Frodo had it on, to your point, it was definitely much more intense, but it also didn't like show me that he was invisible, but yet he could see what Mm -hmm. other people were doing. Like it just felt like kind of segmented a little bit. Whereas this is very much like he's invisible, but he still sees everything. Mm -hmm. You can kind of still see what he sees through his eyes. I don't know. I just like the way that they did it. Well, and they do mention in the book at one point that yes, he becomes invisible, but in daylight, he actually is like more of a shadow Mm -hmm. than it totally invisible, which they don't mention in, in the movie. Um, we now see that Bilbo has caught up with the others, but he's still invisible at this point. And he overhears the dwarves talking about him because they think that he just dipped out and left. Yeah. So they kind of like, you know, we knew he wasn't going to cut it, blah, blah, blah. And he ends up being like, well, I'm back. Here I am. And, you know, they ask him, you know, why did, why, why did you come back? And he's like, <clears throat> you know, I miss 
bags in. Like, I really miss my home and I miss my books. It was so funny. <laughs> Ray goes, Rosha. <laughs> yeah, I would miss my books too. <laughs> Rosha actually didn't come to boyfriend Ray's um, birthday lunch because she was reading. It's facts. <laughs> also because I looked like a, oh, please. you know, bum. Oh, please. Um, but he basically just says like, look, I love my home. I love my things. You guys don't have this. You don't have a home. And I want to help you guys find your home. And they're like, all right, he can sit with us. This like cute little like scene doesn't happen in no. the book. He's just kind of like, hey guys, I'm, I'm still here. Yeah, thanks. Let's go on our merry way. <laughs> in the book though, he does tell them about like meeting Gollum mm-hmm. and like what happens with Gollum. But doesn't tell them about the ring. Correct. So, However, in the movie, um, Gandalf does see a glint of something, yeah. which is not talked about in the book, obviously. So it, it, I don't know if I liked that they added that. Yeah. Because I know that, like, obviously in The Lord of the Rings, like, Gandalf knows a lot about the mm-hmm. ring and, like, knows what it's been doing to Bilbo. Um, I don't know that I loved him knowing about it so quickly. Right. Yeah. So now in the movie, we see the wargs which are the wolves of the orcs Mm -hmm. basically um they start they find they find the dwarfs again and they start chasing them and bilbo actually kills one makes Mm -hmm. his first kill Mm -hmm. basically and then can't get a sword out (laughs) in so we know that they were sent you know by the orcs at this point in the movie in the book the wolves are there but they're sent for a different reason they actually work with the goblins yeah um, because they can be outside of the cave and the and goblins can't. Can. Yeah. So, like I said earlier, we've really only been introduced to these goblins and and the mm-hmm. trolls at this yeah. point. So now the wolves are after them, and they all end up, you know, all the dwarves end up climbing up into the trees at the end of this like cliff area. And at this point, again, this does not happen in the book. A little butterfly comes. Mm-hmm to up to Gandalf, which is we've seen this little butterfly bug thing mm-hmm. when he was stuck on top of Sauron's right. tower in Lord of the Rings. And we all know that that means is that he's telling them to go find the eagles. Right. So <laughs> we ended so up, glad the eagles are I still thing, yeah. there. Yeah. So in the movie though, we now see the pale orc comes down and, um, with the with the wolves and you know the, they start attacking the trees and whatnot and I love this scene at this point um, Gandalf ends up making fire pine cones mm-hmm. which does happen in the book yes um, and they basically start you know lighting the whole ground on fire around them um, to ward off of those wolves um, but at the same time the trees start collapsing and falling over the cliff so they're like in a real bad spot. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen in the book, right? With the trees, no, like, they're all up in the trees yeah. and they're on fire and whatnot, but they're not hanging over yeah. any, any cliff. But at this point, Thorin and Azog, um, you know, make eyes and they have this like, dr- dramatic stare down. And Thorin actually comes down from the tree and actually charges at, um, at the orcs and starts fighting. Which doesn't happen in the book. Right. Because they're not there. Right. <laughs> And Thorin actually gets beat up really bad at this point. And just about the point where um, Azog is about to almost behead Thorin like he did his dad, Bilbo attacks him and and basically saves Thorin from the orc. And at that point, all the all of the dwarves start fighting. Yeah. You know, they're like, okay, well, if this little hobbit can <laughs> fight, then we can then we can fight. So they're fighting, and all of a sudden the eagles show up. Um, to save them and this does happen in the book mm-hmm. um the eagles actually talk in the book yes. um the, what do they call the king of the eagles mm-hmm. or whatnot <laughs> um and they come in they swoop up all the dwarves and they actually attack a lot of the orcs and the wolves as well um and they take them to like the top of this mountain where i was like great now I have to get down from this giant mountain. Like, why couldn't you just get Take down? me to the mountain? The, the lonely mountain? Correct. <laughs> it's another fly you fools moment. <laughs> However, I will say, I'll give it a little bit of credit. In the book, they do mention that the eagles say that they will not fly anywhere where humans are. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking it that that's maybe why they didn't take them. But also, like, why do you have to drop me on the top of this mountain right that i now have to figure out how to get down from. right but that is good that we get that additional context 
Right. That they don't necessarily, it's not that they don't want to, it's just that they won't. Right. Kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. So at this point, the dwarves are all reunited at the top of this mountain. Thorin ends up helping or hugging Bilbo for, you know, rescuing him. And at this point, they can see the mountain where they're going and it is very far away. It was like another, you know, situation with like when we, the first Lord of the Rings movie ended where Frodo and Sam look mm-hmm. beyond and they're like, oh, it's right there. Except yep. it's not right there. Right. It is a ways away. Very far away. <laughs> um, while they're up on the mountain, they do see that there's a bird headed that way, which they think is a good sign because most of the time birds won't fly that way because of the dragon. Right. Um, and at this point, I think it's Bilbo that says this. He goes, I do believe the worst is all behind us. Like, <laughs> That's Silly cute. little hobbitses. Um, the last scene of the movie um, is this little bird outside of the gates of the Lonely Mountain. And he's kind of almost like knocking on the door. And we see the giant mounds of gold and the dragon pops up from opens its eye through the gold. Did that totally remind you of Game of Thrones? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cool though. And that's how the first movie ends, which like we said, that's about 120 pages, six chapters mm-hmm. or so in, into the book. So. Yes. And the, and the book. So where I stopped off, they are at, they are still on top of the mountain. Um, and I think the Eagles actually get them something to eat. Yeah. And then um, they just kind of spend the night yeah. there. And that's at about the top it. Of the so <laughs> we shall to be continued. To be continued. Exactly. <laughs> so would you say that this movie stayed true to the book? Yes, I would. I think, I think that so it too. did a good job of kind of keeping on track with what, yeah. you know, there are certain things obviously that we get or don't get based off of which one you're, you're doing. But well, and I think the things that they added still made sense to the story. Yeah. It didn't change any real aspect, like no. adding the orcs just like it just added to it. It didn't change the storyline. Right. Well, and at we all. said this earlier, giving us that like one scene in the beginning where we learn about the history of the dwarves mm-hmm. helps too. Exactly. So, book or movie on this one? So I liked both. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said earlier, this one is much more lighthearted, much mm-hmm. more like easier to follow, and just I don't know. It just felt after the intensity of the Lord of the Rings, it just felt like nice, right? To to do this, I will say, and I think it's because of the fact that um, Andy Serkis narrates yeah. the book. I'm going to go book. Okay. <laughs> I liked the movie. I, I will say the mo- the book, because it's only one book, goes by a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, there are scenes, obviously, that are added that help, but not to the point where I don't already know everything I need to know yeah. from the book. So I go book. I went book. I'm going to go with movie. Okay. Not that I didn't like the book, because yeah. the book really... Um, Gave me my confidence back and like my <laughs> like cognitive ability. Yeah. Like I didn't feel dumb after reading that book. Like Lord of the Rings, I was like, I don't know if I'm smart anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but I just I really liked the movie. I thought there was not that I didn't like Lord of the Rings, but like they were very long and I was like, when is this gonna end? Mm-hmm. It, the Hobbit had me hooked the whole time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Definitely. I didn't really have to take, I didn't, I did take an intermission, but I didn't have to. It was because it was late and I needed to go to bed. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going movie on this one. All right. We'll see how the rest yep. shake out. <laughs> um, all right. That's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Boovie Girls. You can also email us at theboviegirls at gmail.com. And like we said earlier, we are on Patreon where you can get access to all of our bonus content. Um, and get you know a sticker for joining a shout out in a future episode all that good stuff uh, just head over to patreon.com forward slash the movie girls to sign up and next we are journeying on <laughs> um, with the hobbit the desolation of smog yes number two which i don't know off the top of my head but i think is like it's a good chunk of the rest of the book like i said earlier yeah. you know the last movie is only a little bit so yeah. um but definitely it starts on basically chapter seven all right thanks for listening and remember don't judge a book by its movie bye, bye.